He's like one of the most influential faces on earth right now. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. On this week's episode, Aaron is chatting with Kaylin Anderson, who plays drums in the band Dragged Under. Uh, they're a Seattle band who blend elements of metalcore, pop punk, and you know, kind of harder rock, who formed out of the dissolution of the band Rest Repose. In this interview, they discuss how Kaylin got into music, some of the bands uh, and albums that influenced him along the way, transitioning from the band's first album to their latest, as well as some of the stories behind a couple of their songs. Before we get into this week's episode, why don't you go follow us on social media, at Growing Punk Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to support us on Patreon, you'll find that linked in, our, uh, in the show notes as well as our social media bios. We got merch, t-shirts, stuff like that on hand. And uh, which is linked in the show notes as well. And of course, rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Share it with your friends. Tell them about the show and uh, help it grow a little bit. But let's uh, let's get on with it. This is uh, Aaron's interview with Kaylin Anderson of Dragged Under. Yeah, sweet. So, so I wanted to start by um, kind of talking about all the all the videos you've been posting on Instagram, just the drumming clips and. Um, yeah, I've just, I, I found them very amusing and yeah, I'm just kind of curious, kind of, was this just out of boredom or just kind of something to do to stay creative? What, what inspires these videos? Uh, I saw, I saw a lot of people doing videos like that and I was always drawn to watching them so I could learn how to play certain things. Cause I taught myself, so I can't read music. I don't really understand what it is that I'm doing. So I just listen or learn visually. And that helped me a lot. So it started as like just a way to track my progress, I guess. Just watch myself begin to be able to play more technically difficult fills or whatever. And now it's more of, I guess, a way for me to do what they did for me for other people. I just want yep. people to be able to learn or just give them 15 seconds of amusement in their day. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, I like that. There is something different about, you know, watching yourself play. So I'm I'm a drummer the same and I'm not technically proficient. I did know how to read music kind of when I first started, but then I just wanted to play fast and heavy and I just I didn't have the mental capacity and the the focus to to stay on it. But yeah, like I mean I've I've done, you know, a few drum videos over the years and there is something about kind of seeing yourself play. I mean, I guess that's why you know, any band or things, you know, records and likes to see, you know, how they can improve and stuff. But yeah, to, to give somebody else that insight too. It looks way crazier when I watch myself than what it feels like when I'm playing. Like I, when I'm playing it, it's just like, okay, whatever. I, I played that and then I'll go back and watch it. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. I just played that. Yeah. Do you like, do you have everything mic'd up and everything? Or do you just kind of set up mm -hmm. your drums and a camera and just go for it? Yeah, I have, I have everything just, set up and it stays there jamie owns and operates a gym and okay. she was nice enough to let me take over her office so i just play drums in the office of a gym every day yeah no that's cool yeah well i mean yeah, if you can't have them in your you know apartment or house and that's sweet to have somewhere to have them set up so neighbors would not yeah well, and I, I do usually have my drums here. We're kind of in the middle of some major basement repairs. You can kind of see at the bottom here is a big chunk of drywall missing and our basement's in chaos here. So I haven't had my drums set up for like two months. 
And I'm just I don't like, know what I would do. Yeah, That's I'm all I do. I'm just itching. I, I have a buddy whose place I go to every so often to play, but man, yeah, it's it's hard to not have that space. So that's awesome. Thanks, Jamie, for giving him that outlet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, does does anything kind of inspire the clips? Like, when how do you pick the songs you're going to play along to, and or do you just kind of have a playlist? You're like, all right, I'm going to do 20 seconds of these 10 uh, or 20 songs. Typically, when I'm in the car, I just shuffle my entire iTunes or Spotify library, and whatever. I'm listening to on the way to the gym to go play that I'm just feeling that day. That's what I pick. There's no yeah. rhyme or reason to it. Just whatever I decide I want to play that day, I typically play. Or if there's been something that I've been struggling with, I'll pick something that kind of revolves around that idea or sticking or whatever it may be and just go for it. And do you have to do like multiple takes or do you just do one take and whatever is there you kind of use? <clears throat> So I'll sit down and I pick whatever part of the song it is that I want to do. And I'll just loop that part over and over and over again until I learn how it was recorded originally. And then once I have that, you know, relatively dialed, then I just continue to loop the same part and just play whatever over it until something just happens that I like. And then I just dial it in from there. And then I play whatever I come up with for two hours until I feel confident enough to hit the record button. And then I hope I don't sit there for another two hours trying to get one take that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, it's funny with those because, you know, you watch this, you know, 15, 20 second clip. But then when it's like, man, I put like two, three hours into this 15 seconds and, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody just kind of watches it and keeps scrolling or whatever. It's such a funny dynamic of kind of, the diff- how it's consumed and how it's created. I guess maybe that's just People music in general. No idea. People have no idea how much work actually goes into it unless they've done it before. So if people ask me like about my process or how much time it takes or something like that, they're usually pretty shocked when I tell them that it takes me like three hours to spit out one 30 second clip. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, being creative in general, like whether it's music or art, right? There's just so much of that back end process that that goes into creating. And I think that's what so much of, you know, frustration as a musician, whether it's, you know, negative reviews or just people online, right? They just consume it really quickly and put out their thoughts on it, not really considering how much has gone into it. And I mean, again, that's just the, just kind of how it goes with consuming versus creating, I guess. Yeah, taking it back a bit, like how did you start playing drums? How old were you? What were some of kind of your early drumming influences? Well, believe it or not, I learned playing rock band. Nice. I, my dad, my dad, I think it was my dad, my mom, grandma, whoever it was that got it for me, got it for, a, I believe it was a Christmas present. And I didn't give a shit about the guitar. I didn't want to try and sing. All I wanted to do was play the drums. And I did that every single day when I got home from school and just happened to get pretty okay at it. And my dad had a friend that he worked with that actually played drums and was like, you know, you're pretty good at this. I wonder if you'd actually be able to play the drums. So he took me over there one day and they just left me in the garage with drums that I had never seen before and let me just do whatever. And I guess they were just standing outside listening because they wanted to 
here, but I needed my privacy because I was like 10 and shy. <laughs> yeah. And I was out there for probably an hour and just started playing. And they finally came in and his friend was like, your kid might actually be pretty good at this. You need to get him some drums. So we left and about a month later, he called him and said that he would be willing to just sell them to me. So I took every penny that I had to my 10 year old name that I had gotten from birthday presents or Christmas or whatever it was that I had in my little bank account. And I gave every last penny to the guy and brought him home and then taught myself in the garage every day. Yeah. Wow. So what, like, what, what were some of the drummers that you kind of looked up to or, you know, that kind of made you think, okay, I can, I can do this. Or was it more just listening to music or was there visual to it as well? Uh, to start, it was pretty much just me listening to songs that I would, I, that I liked and I would try to just replicate exactly whatever it was that they were doing. And I would just play along to the same song day after day until I finally would figure it out. And then I'd move on to the next one. I think, what was it? The first, the first song I think I ever learned was Bodies by Drowning Pool. Nice. And then the <laughs> second was like, it was like a super old Mudvayne song. Okay. So was that the kind of music that, that kind of got you into music or and, and how did that lead to more kind of alternative punk metal kind of what was your, your process? I learned how to count to three listening to bodies by drowning pool. So that was really the first song that I ever heard that had screaming in it. And I loved it. And I just got on YouTube and listened to that song and just went down the list of related videos, listening to bands that were similar, just curated myself a little YouTube playlist of all this new alternative music that I liked. Yeah. And that just kind of kept going and, yeah, and then I would go and try and see it, as many of these bands as I could. My aunt, my aunt took me to my first like real show when I was I was probably ten or eleven, and it was Lincoln Park, My Chemical Romance, wow. Him, Placebo, and Sayosin. Wow, it's so a pretty unique pretty lineup. Good, yeah, so I got a, a pretty good taste of it right off the bat. And then I was hooked and she, anytime there was a show coming through town, she was the one that would take me. Hmm. So was it, was it experiences like that that made you think like that you could do something similar to that? How did you correlate, you know, finding music, learning drums, going to concerts to this could be my life and kind of what I want to pursue? Um, I mean, I always wanted to do it because I, you know, you see all these drummers and all these bands you really like that, make a living just playing drums and it looks like it's a great time. So obviously every kid that picks up an instrument wants to do just that. But as I got older, I never really expected anything out of it. I just did it because I enjoyed it. And, you know, I played in local bands just for fun. And I, I guess I just got lucky. I never, I never, I never expected anything to come from it. Cause I would be doing it regardless. I just enjoy it. Right. It's the one and only like thing that I have that's unique to me that like my one hobby that I do. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I'd be doing it, but yeah, I never really expected anything to come from it. Yeah. And there's something pretty cool about that. I mean, you know, there's the opposite where it's like, I know I'm going to play music. I'm going to make it happen in whatever way. 
And then others where it's like, oh, I'm just going to kind of keep at it. And, you know, it kind of happens a bit more naturally versus kind of forcing it. And I mean, it can, it can happen both ways and be successful both ways. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's just cool to see when you just, you know, you keep at something and, um, yeah, it can kind of make its way, um, you know, to progress like that. Yeah. Like just the way I am with anything is if I'm going to do it, I have to be the absolute best at it. I can't let anybody be better than me or be more successful than me at doing that one thing that's mm. occupying my mind. So I think that helped because it turned into like an obsession. Yeah. I, that's all, it's all I would do from the moment I had free time until my parents would flash the garage light telling me it was time <laughs> to go to bed or time for dinner. Cause it's all I did. It consumed everything. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's say I had asked you to share some of the, the records that have influenced kind of your, your style of playing or writing. And so let's, uh, let's touch on some of those. And so the first one you picked is under ulcer or only chasing safety. Can you feel your heartbeat racing? Can you taste the fear in your sweat? You've done this wrong. It's too far gone. She's tell of regret. I admit that I'm just a fool
album has come up um, a number of times with different musicians and um, pretty obvious you know how influential it was across the spectrum of the scene and but uh, yeah what do you remember about this album how has it kind of shaped you as a musician I just like the way that Aaron plays yeah all all of everything that he plays is really handsy there's not much going on with either of his feet which is the opposite of how I was when I started learning. When I first started, that's the only thing I cared about. I wanted to play like 3000 beat per minute double bass and mm. nothing else. But once I started watching him, I just wanted to replicate exactly how he looked when he played, because that mm. is, that's what caught my attention the most. And the way he writes things, it's just, you, you, can, you can play everything that he's playing as hard as you possibly can. There's nothing that he plays where he has to dial it back a little bit because it's so technically difficult or fast. There's right. none of that. He hits them as hard as he can from the second they start playing until the show is over. And I just love that. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, the next one was Jason Richardson. I. Step 
Uh, so this is one that was, um, I don't know this album super well. I, I kind of listened to the one that uh, Luke Holland was on. I'm kind of for uh, obvious yep, reasons. With, one. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Luke Holland is such a crazy drummer and, you know, there's so much to take away from that. He's such a versatile player, but um, yeah. Why does that album? So what, is it the album that, that really influenced you or is it more Luke's playing on there? Or? Luke's playing for sure. It wasn't really until I started watching him that I even knew what, linear drumming was and as far as i'm concerned he's like the king of linear drumming so just listening to that i wanted to take what he was doing and try and make it my own so until then i just didn't really do any linear drumming at all i had no idea what it was Mm. and i think for me personally that's the most fun way to drum like no, no two things are ever getting hit at the same time for the duration of whatever phrase you're playing. So I think it, it makes it a lot harder. You have to be way more creative and there's, it's way less likely that two things are ever going to happen in the same pattern twice. And I just yeah. like that. Yeah. If well, that's a lot of other things. Yeah. And I mean, those two styles, you know, between Aaron Gillespie and Luke Holland, um, you know, the under oath one is a bit more kind of straightforward, heavy hitting where Luke Holland is, you know, heavy hitting, but just constantly going. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes as a drummer, like find that, like I can kind of take that for a few songs. Like I can't listen to, you know, a whole Jason Richardson album, you know, it's just so much to take in, you know, especially if it's yeah. instrumental and doesn't really have the vocals to kind of, you know, draw you into certain parts. And um, I'm just so mesmerized by his playing that I could listen to that album over and over again without needing to hear anything else because it still just blows me away that he's capable of playing half of what's on that record yeah for sure yeah then the third one is maybe kind of a, a good fit between those two so gideon's callus
I love exactly. Gideon, one of my favorite hardcore bands. Um, I feel like they they don't get as much attention as as they should, uh, but I'm pretty stoked um, for their new album to hopefully come out this year. I haven't oh, heard my, anything heard about it, but um, yeah, why why this album and why his playing? Exactly what you said. He takes the best of Aaron Gillespie and the best of Luke Holland and mixes them together. He does a lot of linear drumming, but it's not quite as fast as things that Luke Holland would typically play. So he can do both. He hits as hard as he can the entire set and there's linear drumming. I, I love it. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. He does like, I, I love his little accent things, you know, on the, um, I don't know what the, the name is like the symbols are the little like kind of trashy splash things or yeah, the you know, be like, the splashes. Yeah. he, he puts symbols in really obscure places that most people wouldn't think to. And it yeah. makes the whole song just completely different. Yeah. Like, especially if it's in, you know, a breakdown where you're just kind of going on the China, but then he'll do these little accent hits on those things and mm-hmm. you just kind of, yeah, and I, that's, that's a really cool. I was excited when you picked that because that's not a band that, you know, that I have heard many people cite as, as an influence, maybe just because they're a bit of a newer band or they're a bit less known, but that's really cool that that has, uh, has stood out to you. I feel like most of my influences are relatively new. Cause I didn't, I didn't, you know, like write anything for myself really until pretty recently. So everything that really influenced me when I started to do that is all pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it took me, it took me probably, 10 years to find like my sound, what I really enjoy and what I wanted to add to my own unique sound or try and replicate in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, there's so much out there to draw from like it. I mean, there's the obvious, like really big bands to, to be influenced by, but I was the same. Like I grew up in a small town, like before, um, like when I was getting into music, it was kind of before the internet or the internet was there, but I didn't have it. And, and so I was influenced by like way smaller bands than lots, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. people might say like, or corn or, you know, Limp Bizkit or, um, you know, like, or on, you know, the heavier side, like Metallica or things like that. Like I just had like underground punk and hardcore kind of stuff that I just kind of found. And, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and I love that because it kind of gives me this connection to something that um, not everybody else kind of has. So it just kind of feels a bit more personal. And um, and I've been able to talk with a lot of those bands on this podcast. So that's been uh, even cooler. So, but yeah, that's I want to, sorry. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, well, I wanted to uh, get into a bit of dragged under here. So I wanted to share kind of my, experience discovering you guys so your your album came out kind of at the start of 2020 and uh i think it was just on like a a new music release site or something and caught my eye and and uh man it just like there was so much to it that initially caught my ear you know there's so many different influences in there um you know like i can think back when i i can remember hearing like snap case and raised fist um, kind of on the kind of on the hardcore side. I don't know if those were bands that like influenced you guys, but there was just things that's like, man, I, I don't hear a lot of bands that kind of have these types of sounds. You know, it was super catchy, it was melodic, but it was also like really kind of urgent and um, yelly and uh, you know chaotic at times. And um, yeah, I just I don't find like it happens that much with music anymore because we have access to everything. 
that I just, when an album kind of really catches me, man, that album had me coming back again and again and still does. And so I just, I, I, I just, I love that. And it was such a bummer, you know, when COVID hit, just thinking of bands like you guys, I was like, Oh man, like people aren't going to hear this now. And um, yeah, just, that was the hardest part for sure because before before joining or trying out for dragged under i had zero tour experience whatsoever and that, that was like my first real big boy tour that tour we opened for the used right and like it was like four days after we got home from that the entire world shut down so i got a little taste of it and then it all just got taken away like as soon as it started. So that was, that was pretty tough to deal with. Yeah. And even kind of taking it back a little bit before that, like how did, um, you know, like, are you an original member of the band? How did you guys kind of form? And then, you know, moving from that, what was the kind of creative and recording process uh, like for that album? They, they had a guy briefly before me that filled in i guess they hired him or filled in or whatever the scenario was for like their first little mini stint of tour i think it was with dead american if i remember okay. right and then whatever happened happened i don't really know so he was no longer a part of it and the guy that played bass in the local band that i was playing with at the time had gotten a message asking if he would be willing to try out because they didn't have a solid like locked in bass player either and he agreed and i had happened to just be going over you know hang out whatever and he was learning their songs and at that point i hadn't even heard of drag under yet so i listened to it and was like wow this this band's good like you should absolutely try out for this and see what happens and then i wanted to see who their drummer was because I can't remember which song it was that I was listening to, but the drum sounded sick. So I wanted to see who was playing it. And they didn't have one listed on Facebook, on Instagram, anywhere. So upon further research, I discovered they just didn't have one. And me being me, I saw what I thought was a pretty good opportunity and I wanted to take advantage of that. I went and I followed Fluff and I followed Tony and I followed Josh. Just, just to see, just to see if they would notice. Just, let's see what happens. And it was probably no more than 20 minutes later, all three of them followed me back. And they texted Kyle asking, what's up with your boy, Kalen? Is he interested? And it just kind of happened. They came, they came to my house like three days later. So I had three days to learn as many songs as possible. And we just played. And then I think my first show with them was probably two weeks later. I played in mm. both bands that dragged under and that same local band. And then we did like a two week just headlining tour. And then as soon as we got home from that, we got the text message asking if we wanted to open for the used. Mm. And after that, it just, now we're here. So I guess that's how it all happened. Happened a lot faster than I was expecting it to. Yeah. So what's a um yeah, so look, the new album may not necessarily be everyone's first introduction to the band, you know, with this album being out, but you know, I'm sure they'll reach a lot of a lot of new people with a new album. So for those discovering you guys for the first time, what do you hope people will walk away with after listening to your new album, Upright Animals, out June 10th? 
Um, I want people, I want people to find music that they enjoy, something that gets stuck in their head that they keep coming back to, whether it be just because they like the way it sounds or they can really relate to the lyrics. And when they hear it, their first thought is that was written for me. I just want them to have some sort of connection to it that keeps them coming back for whatever reason it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, you know, from the, from the songs you guys have, have posted already. I mean, there's, there's a lot to take away from it and I'm excited to hear what else is on there. Um, yeah. So, you know, with not being on that first album, how did you come into this one? You know, did you have specific things, you know, after listening to the last one or, you know, playing those songs live that you wanted to change either as a drummer or a musician uh, or things that you were kind of like, Oh, it'd be really cool to, you know, to have my input on, you know, such and such a part or things like that. So our producer Hiram is just like a savant at all things music. That guy can sit down with any instrument and just shit perfection hmm. on commands. Like he doesn't even try and it's great no matter what it is he's doing. So he programmed all the drums for that first record, and I, okay. loved it. I loved the style of it. I liked, I liked how it was interesting to listen to, but didn't consume every part of the song. Like, there's not blast beats going on in the chorus or something just obnoxious like that. Yeah. So I wanted to keep it relatively the same stylistically. There's a lot more linear drumming fills or aspects to this one but it's it's pretty similar in most ways i liked i liked what he did so i i let him have a lot of freedom with if he didn't like something that i came up with i just let him do whatever he thought would benefit that specific part of the song more and more times than not it did because he's he's just good at just writing songs yeah, well, I mean, that, that's such a big help to have someone like that that can kind of be that set of ears to kind of take things in, filter it, and kind of see, you know, what's going to sound really great on the other end. Um, before we kind of get to some of the songs that album, I wanted to talk about collaboration. And I was just curious, you know, if you could pick one artist, you know, kind of within this music scene and one from outside of this scene to collaborate, kind of who would you uh, pick for that? In our scene, bring me the horizon, hands down. Hmm. Every like, every album they've ever put out has been drastically different from the last, and whatever comes after that is drastically different from the one they just put out. And they've managed to stay more than relevant for however many years now. You never know what to expect with them. So I think it would be a lot of fun to be in the same room writing something with them because it's almost a guarantee that it's going to be different from everything else that you've heard in the last 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Is that something you're generally um, attracted to with a band where they are constantly kind of evolving and changing their sound? Uh, that depends. Like, I don't know, for example, some 41, all of their records are pretty different. Like they all have the same elements in them. Yeah, for sure. But they're all pretty different. Like one, one record will be pretty pop punk sounding. And then the next one is like thrash metal. Yeah. So with a band like that, I enjoyed the diversity, but 
other bands like Kublicon, I just want to hear cave band breakdowns over and over and over. It <laughs> yeah, never gets old. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, it's just because uh, that's come up a number of times too. And I'm someone that, you know, there's very few bands that I love where they've had drastic, you know, changes within sound. I mean, maybe a little bit, but um, usually if it's like, I want a band to kind of sound like what, what drew me in, you know, again, with some progression and stuff, but yeah, so that's, mm -hmm. that's, an, that's an interesting pick for sure. So with them, like drumming specifically, or as a band, you would love to collaborate with them? Just as a band. Like I, I think, I'm not sure what his name is, but I think whoever their drummer is, is great, but it's not, I wasn't drawn to them because of the drumming. I was drawn to them for everything as a whole. Yeah. So definitely definitely would like to do something with them not just drum oriented yeah yeah another thing with bands so i mean yeah bring me the horizon's a good one you know i think of thrice whereas a drummer like oh, that was one of the original um you know things that drew me in was the drumming and then i remember seeing them live i think it was after visu came out and it just like I mean, he's an awesome drummer. Like he, he, he just kind of drives those drums, but I just remember watching me like, Oh, like it was so kind of like plain. It was almost too straightforward. I missed, you know, some of the, the different fills. And so I, you know, with the band, like bring me their horizon where you know, obviously the drums were way more chaotic and heavy and all over the place, you know, Especially albums ago. Thing. Yeah. You know, like now, um, you know, I, I guess maybe it's just a different way to represent themselves as a musician, but sometimes it's like, ah, oh, now it just kind of feels too simple and they're not really like using their skill. Not that they have to be super flashy every time, but just for, my, for myself, sometimes it's like, I feel like it's lacking and I'm wanting more, but again, right. It's about the, the whole aesthetic of, of the music, not just the one, you know, musician. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. And then outside of our genre, I'd probably say Post Malone. He's like one of the most influential faces on earth right now. Everything he touches is gold. And yeah. I, don't, I don't remember hearing anything that sounds quite like him, whether it's the music or his voice, but I, I, I just, I love Post Malone. Hmm. Yeah. That's not someone that I'm, I'm super familiar with. So maybe I'll, I'll have to get you to send me maybe a top song of his or something, or, or maybe you've even done drum covers of his and I just haven't noticed I because I don't know his music. Long so. time ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Long time ago I did one. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I just, I, I like that question because it often pulls out, you know, things that maybe you wouldn't, you know, talk about as normal influences, right? Cause when you can collaborate with someone, you're usually thinking, you know, usually it's not, Oh, I want to collaborate with a band that sounds exactly like us. It's usually something, you know, pretty different or, or whatever. So it's cool to, to hear, you know, those, those choices from you. Um, yeah. So I, to kind of go back to, to this new album, Upright Animals, what was the kind of creative process like in the recording? And I mean, you talked about your producer a bit, you know, but how about with, you know, ideas and concepts, do you guys usually write like together in a room? I mean, I know the last few years has been pretty all over the place, but kind of how did this kind of start, you know, how did this entity kind of come together and be like, okay, we're moving on from the last album. We're starting a new one. And these are our, our ideas. And we did one really big, like two week long writing session, all of us together with Hiram in one room and wrote 
I mean, it was something like 14 different songs. Hmm. I, I think maybe like three or four of them actually were kept, but that's how it started. And then Tony or Hans will fly to Hiram and have little writing sessions or we'll individually do like a co-write or write with someone like via Zoom or whatever, and then send whatever we come up with on that particular day to everybody and just most of it's remote just on our own time Mm. and we send it to everyone else and let them have their way with it and just see what happens yeah and then that's that that's the majority of how it gets done and then how do you decide like okay this is the final thing like do you then, you know, have a call being like, okay, now, now this call is about decisions or how do you kind of get to that concrete song at the end where it's like, okay, this is finished. Everyone kind of had their say. And uh, we write it and then we change it about six times. And then we either get sick of changing it and that's how it stays, or we change it five more times and then get sick of changing it. And that's how it stays there's a lot of rewriting and then going back to how it was and then rewriting again and then something similar to how it was. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, there's I mean, enough technology now to go back and forth and it's not, you know, too much of a hassle for that, but is this album being um, self-released or is it coming out on a label? It's the, the same. So we are on mascot They're in, I believe, Italy. They have like POD and okay. Um, there was another. I can't even remember. But yeah, it, it'll come out via mascot. Okay, because yeah, the first album was self released. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then we signed to them after it came. Uh, out. Okay, okay, yeah, that's cool. I wasn't I wasn't exactly sure. Um, I I couldn't remember seeing you know a specific like announcement or anything with that. Maybe there wasn't, which is which is fine, but. Um, yeah, so that's, hopefully, you know, that will give you guys even more opportunities and, you know, just distribution and advertising and all that. But, um, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to talk about two songs that, you know, either stand out to you on this album. And I know you said it was hard to pick two and I know it's a, a hard thing to ask about a new album. Um, and so I guess we'll hear what reasons you, you pick these two songs and, um, yeah, it's been really cool seeing the, the singles being released. And, you know, just some of the diversity and the sounds. And, um, and so I'm really, really excited and intrigued to, to hear you talk about these songs and, and to hear the album. So the first song that uh, you picked is called Never Enough.
So what, what can you tell us about this song and, and uh, yeah, well, how does that impact you? That one, that one's pretty, pretty pop punk. Like that one reminds me a lot of Chelsea stylistically. So I'm immediately just drawn to that one. And then the lyrics are, I don't know. I feel like I can relate to them because it has to do with like, you know, parents having a kid that wants to play music and realistically speaking, the odds of you doing something with music that's successful enough for you to survive are pretty slim to none, especially in today's music industry where it's so saturated with music in every genre because anybody with a MacBook and recording software can write a a record. Like look at uh, Billie Eilish, for example, wrote however many Grammy winning whatever's in a bedroom with a computer. But I relate to that one a lot because, I mean, I feel like at least at some point when I was really pushing for music to be a thing, obviously every, every parent or some close relative is going to be like, you need to have a backup plan or don't get too caught up in this because, you know, realistically it's probably not going to happen, but for some people it does. Yeah. And I just, I, I hung on to that a lot. Just maybe it will, maybe it will. And I just kept going. So I really related to that one a lot. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned about the pop punk sound. And so, I mean, if people aren't familiar with Drag Dunder, I mean, yeah, you have songs like Chelsea that are pretty kind of straightforward, punk, skate punk, pop punk, whatever. And then ones that are, you know, a lot more heavy or um, there's so many different influences there. So when you guys are writing, like, is there any kind of, um, you know, thoughts of like, okay, you know, we want to kind of have, you know, so many of this such and such song or is it just whatever songs we like the best whatever style they are those are the ones that make it yeah we we play what we like and we play what we want to play so there's no really like set you know agenda stylistically or anything like that that we try and follow we just write whatever we're feeling or write whatever we want at that time and just go with it and whatever it becomes it becomes so this album i think is a lot more diverse in sound than the first one was there's a pretty big spectrum of Mm. different sounds i think more so than the first one so yeah we we just play what we want yeah and how does that you know like thinking about fan reactions you know does any is there any kind of hesitation there of like, ah, oh, we really should have another song, you know, like Chelsea or something or, or on the opposite side where it's like, we know our fans are going to like, you know, this type of song. And, you know, how do you kind of balance between, you know, being a newer band and just essentially having one album that fans know you from, and now you're in your second album and it's like, you don't want to alienate them, but you want to be creative and kind of do what you want. And do you find that balance hard or is it just, mm, I mean, I think it's, a little bit easier just because of how diverse the first one was it gave yeah. us more freedom to kind of do what we want because we had so many different styles and sounds on the first record that it's not like we locked ourselves into just one set genre or right. one set style so when i think about 
music we're doing, if it differs that much or it's not similar to like our top three most listened to songs. Yeah. I think about it a little bit, but it's not too heavy on my mind because I think people, at least I like to think people like us because we're so different in styles and sounds. Yeah. It's not really going to matter too much if we stray from one particular sound or the other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I just, I always like hearing, uh, musicians opinions on that because I, I definitely have seen you know where bands you know interviews say like we know what our fans want and you know that's kind of what we're doing which that's great there's there's nothing wrong with that and and then sometimes on the other end it's like we don't care about what anybody else thinks we're doing this for us and um you know and i think there's challenges with kind of both but that's yeah i'm, I'm excited to uh, see how that plays out so the second one you picked is called long live the king Father before and when they walk you worship the ground 
Can you tell us uh, about maybe how this song came together or is there something on here that stands out to you? That one's a lot more of the traditional sound that I guess people could expect from us. It's it's heavier than Never Enough for sure. But I don't I for whatever reason I just I just like it. There's like how it sounds. I like the chorus. I think it's catchy. There's a guitar solo. We don't really have those. So when we do, I, I just like it because it's different than the majority of everything else that we do. I like the drum track. It's, I think it's pretty difficult to play. So hopefully we play it at some point because I think it would be fun to play. It's, I just That one I'm drawn to just because of the way it sounds. I just like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. But yeah, kind of wrap up here. You know, I, I know you guys have some tours in the works. You know, you guys have been off for, you know, so long now. What's, what does this year That's kind cool. of look Yeah. So we fly into London. I believe it's the 8th of June. And then from the 9th until July 2nd, we're playing a combination of smaller club shows headlining with whatever other bands want to be a part of that to playing download fest hell fest mm. number of different big festivals and then we have i believe one just one little like one off i call it little but it's with the ghost inside so i'm really awesome. excited for that Listen yeah yeah ever yeah and then we come back we are Working on putting a little something together post-Europe. And then there may or may not be a little something post that little something. There's there's a few things that we're trying to get finalized so we can let the people know what they want to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's hard after things have been shut down for so long. I mean, there's so many bands and festivals and things trying to happen and, you know, not everything can happen at once, but yeah, it's really exciting, you know, to hear of those opportunities you guys have. And I just hope it's an, an awesome upcoming year to get this album out and to really push it how you guys wanted to. And yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on and share. Definitely one of my favorite new newer bands. And I'm really excited for this album and see what happens. And, and hopefully one of those little somethings at some time is in Canada, because I would love to see I you guys live. Never, I've never played in Canada. I want to check that off the list. Yeah, well, just don't come in the winter. <laughs> I don't want to go here in the winter. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate the time and look forward to the album, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me.